Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Sit back and relax and listen to today's message and be blessed. But God has planned us for his pleasure. We were made to honor and to please God. Amen. The Bible says that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, all of our understanding, everything that he's given us. We're to take that energy. We're to take that very essence of who we are and to give it back to him. We were created for his pleasure. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, you, God, created everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. Uh Uh-huh. If I I was in the South Bronx, we'd say everything. 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 You created everything. Amen. And it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. You were created for his pleasure. We must understand that our first purpose is to worship. Somebody say worship. Uh-huh. Our first, our first purpose as human beings is to worship. If you notice, everybody today is searching for some type, some type of higher power. Whether they're Muslim, whether they, they're, they're, they're unclassified as a religion, they, they just believe in meditation. Everybody is trying to come up higher, trying to connect with something out there in the air, something that they cannot see. There is an innate desire in man to worship. Back in the Bible, they were worshiping idols and trees, and they still do things now. You have people who worship nature, and and people worship idols and and, and statues, and and they they give great homage to because it satisfies, or it seems to satisfy, a desire for something more on the inside. We realize that there, there, there is something that, that, that is in us that, that lies as a deficit because the only thing that can fill that void within us is God. We were made for worship. We were made for something more. Now, you see, when I, when I was younger, I, 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 I tried to dip and, and, and dabble into different things. At one point, when I was about seven, eight years old, I had a, I had a good friend. Amen. Um, and, and he was a Muslim. And so I said, well, maybe I should go with him to the mosque. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should try this Allah stuff. And, you know, he, and he, 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 he wasn't just any Muslim. He, he was one of those Muslims, you know, that would be on 125th Street, you know, being part of my brother, you know, type of stuff. You have to be from New York to understand that. <laughs> and so I said, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I should try to... Um, follow that way. Maybe that would fulfill that void that was on the inside of, of me. And then I had another friend. He, he was Catholic. I said, well, maybe I should go and, and do mass. But I'm like, they're kind of quiet for me. I, I need just a little bit more. If quiet is your thing, that, that's good for you. Quiet is not my thing. Amen? We ain't quiet at church, as you can see. And so I'm like, well, maybe I should try the Catholic thing. And, 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 and that was not for me. But there was still a void on the inside of me, and, and then I thought, well, maybe I see people worshiping Satan and, and, and they, they in Wicca, and they're in these other type of dark, occultic type of, of expressions. Maybe I should try, try that. It was like, I remember my freshman year in high school, and we had a Ouija board. 
Uh-huh, yes, let me know I'm talking about because let me see the Ouija board now. All right. Uh, and, and so we said, well, let's, it's just a game because there's a game called Ouija. And so I said, well, let, let, let's, let's ask the spirit, you know, when are we going to die and start asking stupid stuff, you know. And so I met one girl, we was on the board and, you know, we was God in our hands and our fingers and everything. And I said, the girl's going to die next week and she got scared and started crying. And it was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what we just tapped into. Let's get out of here. You know, there was this crazy stuff, going to the bathroom in the mirror and cry Hail Mary, what, three, four times or whatever. And just do stupid stuff and foolish stuff because we didn't know no better. But there was still a desire. There was still something inside of me that wanted to connect with God, wanted to connect with my creator. I did not know his name was Jesus did not know. And so as I was searching, the very same day we had that Ouija board, we were in the cafeteria in our high school, there was a group of Christians that started meeting, maybe about three to five Christians. And every Christian group had a faculty or staff worker who was a teacher in the school. And she saw me, she said, Arthur. And I came over after we did our little Ouija board thing. I came over and she said, my spirit is troubled. I'm like, in trouble. What's wrong with you? And she said, you don't understand what you're doing with that Ouija board. She said, you don't understand what type of supernatural and spiritual things that you are availing yourself to because you don't have any knowledge of the supernatural. So she said, you need to be careful. She said, because at that time I was in the Christian club and I was, you know, just trying to search, trying to find. And she said, you need to be careful. And she said, matter of fact, you need to ask God to forgive you for what you just did. I'm like, what? game. It was just a game. It's not anything serious, surely. And then she began to tip into the word of God. I'm like, oh my God, I did do something wrong. I began to repent right there on the spot. But I tell you that day, God began to do something in my heart. And I began to connect with God in a way that I never connected with him before. And that began my process. I began to understand that my purpose was for worship, but not just to worship any and everything, but to worship the creator, to, to worship Jesus, to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to worship him and to give him my life. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, and, and many, many of you have heard it in the way, brethren, I present myself a living sacrifice, holding something pleasing to God. This is my reasonable act of, of worship. But in, 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 in another version of the scripture, it says, because of God's great mercy to us, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, dedicated to his service and pleasing him. Who pleasure we made for? His pleasure. This is the true worship that we should offer. God is calling us to offer something back to him. He wants to offer. When we worship, we are offering ourselves to that very thing that we are worshiping. That's why you have to be careful what eats up your time, what takes away your substance, what takes away your resources. Because that thing that takes the most time and resources from you, that's the very thing that you're worshiping because you're offering yourself and your resources to that thing. See, sometimes our, our, our job can become an idol. Family and friends can become an idol. Amen. Uh, I, I remember Pastor Edgar shares his testimony. He can share more, more, more eloquent than I can about his video games becoming an idol. So many things can become an idol to us that, that, that zap us and, and cause us to offer ourselves in ways that we should only offer ourselves to with God. 
He said to offer yourselves. God is looking for us to offer ourselves to him in a greater way. My worship is my response to God's love. That's why I worship him. We were just singing up here, and, and some of you were singing, some of you were quiet, and we were just singing just a simple phrase. And telling about how God loves us and how it's so easy to love him. And it's like, if you go sing so easy to love you again, there's no verse, there's no chorus, there's no drive, there's no crescendo, there's no not, nothing. Just so easy to love you. That's all we're just going to sing. So easy to love. But if you were in love with God, you would were, were sing it. It would mean something every time, something different every time you say the words. Because your mind would begin to think about how he has loved you since the day you were born. My worship is a response to God's love. That's why for some it's so easy to say, come on, let's just put your hands together and worship the Lord. And everybody just start worshiping. Woo! And then some people just looking around like, what in the world is going on here? It don't take all that. But I picture in a sports game, you want fans to be screaming and shouting, go green, go team, go team. And we give all our effort to those things. But when it comes time for God, we... Don't take all that, Pastor. All that screaming and stuff. I don't know how to do all that stuff. God is not deaf. He can hear us. Well, the Giants is not deaf, but they can hear you showing up cheer, right? <laughs> Worship is my response to God's love. Amen. It's my response to how much I love him, how much I, 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 I celebrate him. Amen. Worship is giving back to God. It's giving back to him. Oh, he said, now, now let me tell you something. Your worship would never be enough to equate to the things that he has done for you. I don't care how much you worship, it can never be equivalent to God's love and his favor on your life. Because like I shared last week, some of you shouldn't even be alive today. But because of God's mercies, his love coming towards you, you're alive today. I don't care, you give him a thousand hallelujahs in a thousand different languages, it still will not be enough. But we worship him because it's our way of saying this is the least possible way I can say thank you. I, I don't know any more to do, Lord, but, but thank you. I don't know what more to do but just to cry, just to, Lord, I, I don't deserve it, but thank you so much. And that's grace. Grace is God giving you something that you do not rightfully deserve. Well, I look at my wife, I said, my God, I thank you for a woman like that. I don't deserve her. I married over my head big time. Thank you, Lord. And I, and, I, and I praise him because it's not something I deserve. That's what grace is. Grace is something to deserve. Grace is you didn't study the whole semester, but the professor said, you know what? I'm going to give you a B plus. You know you don't deserve it. You didn't do what you're supposed to do, but they gave you grace. Some of you wish you had professors like that. Look at you like, oh, please give me that semester next year, please, Lord. That's grace. His unmerited favor, something that you do not deserve. So worship is my response to God's love. Worship is giving back to God. The Bible says in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all of your strength. God wants you to love the Lord and give him everything. He wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants your mind. He wants your strength. So in other words, he's saying, when you worship me, I want you to worship me not just with your heart, just saying, Lord, just thank you. I want you to worship me with your soul. Your soul it, it deals with your emotions. You can't be a real worshiper if your emotions are not involved. That's why you might see someone screaming. 
You might see someone shouting. You might see someone crying. Because worship involves your emotions. You can't just sit there like a robot. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. So easy to love you. So easy to love you. No. Your emotions. Uh -huh. Your emotions. He's, he, said, he said, not just your soul, but he said your mind. So in other words, as you're worshiping from your heart, from your soul, meaning your emotions, also in your mind, you're recollecting, you're thinking. The song says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I'm using my mind to say, wait a minute, he brought me through. He, he saved me from my car accident this week because I probably should be in a hospital right now. And those things begin to come back to your remembrance. He saved me. I should be on the street strung out on crack right now, but he saved me. I should be a product of my family, but look, I'm not walking in that way no more. He delivered me. And so you begin to thank God of the things that he's done. How did I get on the other side of the planet? I was just in my country five years ago. wasn't even thinking about being here in New Jersey, but he brought me this far. You begin to think on his goodness and what he's done for you. I didn't have no money to go to school last semester, but look what God has done. You begin to use your mind and to begin to think, I didn't have money to pay the bills. And I knew that dispossessed noise was coming any day now, but look at God. He has provided. I begin to use my mind when I worship. And then it says, with all of your strength, everything that I have, my body, my hands, my feet, I, I, I give it all to Jesus in my worship. So worship is, 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 is a complete thing. It's not just something we just do in church. Worship is a lifestyle. It's something that we should be doing seven days a week. Your life is worship unto God. So here's what God wants us to do today. I'm just going to share these three points and I'm out of your way. God wants us to love him. And the first thing is thoughtfully. With my mind, thoughtfully. We just talked about thinking. The scripture that speaks about thinking is the scripture that we see in Psalms 139, verses 1 through 3. And worship is really focusing my attention on him. You have looked deep into my heart, Lord, and you know all about me. You know when I am resting or when I am working. You notice everything I do and everywhere I go. God sees it all. Romans 8, 7 says, focusing on yourself is opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God and ends up thinking more about self than God. How many times have we been guilty of thinking about ourselves? Thinking about how we're going to get ourselves out of this situation. What we're going to do, you can't do nothing. I don't care how many people know, how many people you know, how many tricks you got up your sleeve. You can network here and do that there, and God will still shut you down because he wants you to stop focusing on yourself and stop focusing on him. <laughs> don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention onto God. That's Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed. Focus on him. Focusing my attention on him. Matthew 6, 6 says, find a quiet, secluded place so that you don't be tempted to role play before God. <laughs> Just be there simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift, it will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. 
This is all scripture I'm giving to you. Sometimes we just need to stop and just focus on him. Sometimes our mind is just going 100 miles an hour. Some of us, we can't deal with sound. We always have to have something happening. I have to have some type of noise, have music on, on the phone, got the TV on, just always always something going. And sometimes we're scared of the silence. And sometimes you got to get away from the noise. You got to get away from the hustle and the bustle. You got to get away from people and just stop and just get yourself centered again and focus on God. The Bible says, Psalms 105 verse 4, worship him continually. This worship is not just something that ends once we send a benediction today, but this worship is something that goes on and on and on. The Bible says he will keep us in perfect peace while our mind is stayed on him. You want peace? Stop thinking about the problem. You waste unnecessary energy worrying. Uh-huh. The word worry is the German word called worgen, and it means to strangle and to choke. So when you are worrying, you are literally choking the life out of yourself because you can't focus. What can worrying do? Can it add an extra hour to your life? Can worrying actually change your problem and your circumstance? No, you worry because everything is out of your control. But guess who is not worried? Guess who's not, who's, who's not troubled by your stuff? It's God. He's chilling. He's relaxing because he has it under his control. Just because it's out of your control doesn't mean that God does not still have control. God is in control. He's focusing on our problems as we focus our attention on him. So the first thing, God wants us to thoughtfully worship him with our mind. Second thing is God wants us to, to, to worship him passionately with our heart and with our soul. Worship is expressing my affection to God. We loved him because he first loved us. He did something that deserves worship. He did something that causes me to give him my life, to give him the honor that's due him. Because he loves me that much. He loved me first. Hosea 6.6 says in the Living Bible, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. That's what God was saying to his people. I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. He said, I want to have a relationship with you. The way you call boo-boo on the phone and you, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. I love you. I love you. I want to have a connection with you. You busy tweeting and texting or sexting. Ooh, texting. Help us, Jesus. Each other. And God says, I want to connect with you. I want you to connect with me. I want to know you. Exodus 33, 14 said, he is a God who is passionate about his relationship with you. He's passionate. He wants to know you. I tell you, said, Pastor, is there anything more? There's more. God wants you to experience the more. He wants you to experience more. Some of us, we have settled just, well, this is just my little routine. My family did this. Mama did this. Grandma did this. That's all I know. And God said, you can go deeper. You can go a step deeper. You can have a, 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 a more meaningful relationship with God, especially if you're young. You can have a more, oh, my God, this is, the, this is the time to serve him when you're young. See, a lot of times we want to do our stuff when we're young, do our little tricks on the side. 
And then by the time we want to get, get serious, then we want, oh, let's go to church. I have children now. Let's act like we've been saved all these many years. Praise the Lord. I'll be a deacon in the church. Hallelujah. Watch you serve them young. Let, let, let them do something great in your life. Young, now, why wait? Let them do something in your 20s and your 30s. I got saved when I was 16. Come on. It's been, it's, it's been an adventure of a lifetime. I would not trade it for nothing. You hear me? The good parts and the low parts. It's all been worth it. Because in the midst of it, my relationship with God has gone, grown closer and closer and closer. And that's what it means to serve God. Through the ups and through the downs, you have somebody that can go with you through every problem that you face. The world doesn't have that type of hope. When they go through problems, they smoke, they get high, they drink, they party, they try to sedate themselves so they don't remember what's going on in their lives. They live in a fantasy world. They don't want to face the reality. But with Christ, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I can face tomorrow. All my fears, all my troubles, all those things will be gone as I focus my attention on him. As I express my affection towards him, I'll give it to him. It's him that he, he, he's the reason why I'm here today because of him. He, he loves me that much. And I'm not in this thing by myself. So you know, you're not in it by yourself. Uh -huh. You are not in it by yourself. You're not facing this trouble. You might think you're alone. You might think because you don't physically see something or someone that you're by yourself. You're not in it by yourself. You're not in it by yourself. God is in it with you. Worship is expressing my affection towards God. Give yourself completely to God since you have been giving a new life. That new life is that life in Christ. God wants you to give yourself completely to him. So we are worshiping God thoughtfully. We're worshiping God passionately. And last, God wants us to worship him practically. Practically. He wants us to worship practically. Worship is using my abilities for God. See, some of us will come that far, but we don't use our abilities for God. We don't use the stuff that God has given us over the years, the training, the skills, the, the talents for God. We don't, we don't use the practical things that God has given us to worship him. Amen? I, I was speaking to... I was speaking to a, a brother in another church. He said, yeah, I have, a, I have an accountant in my church, and, you know, we, we really need help with the books. I'm like, well, why does the accountant just help you guys with your church books? Why? Well, because, you know, he don't want to, well, she don't want to do that, you know, and stuff like that. I'm like, such a shame. You know, we're like, that's worship to God. Even when you do things for God's kingdom, for his house, using your abilities. I, I look at Brother Tyrone right here sitting in the front, and many might, no, no, not just a singer, he's not just a, a, a musician, but this brother's a contractor. Amen? And so we were working, going to Bethel yesterday, he was showing me some of the things that he has done, and I was just amazed. I'm like, look at him, he's using his skills, his abilities to be a blessing. Not just to the body of Christ, but to others, to be a blessing. God wants us to use our abilities for him. It's a part of our worship. Worship is not just jumping and shouting, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that's, not, that's just one form of worship. We think that's all worship is. Speaking in tongues and running around the church. 
There's a place for that, but it's also a place for God to use the abilities that he's, he's put those desires. He's put those talents. He's put those abilities within you. He's put the desire for the things that you want in you. You say, well, pastor, I'm going to school. I want to become a medical doctor. Who do you think put that desire there? You think you're so such you much that you can do it by yourself? Who do you think helped you pass those exams? Who do you think helped you make it from semester to semester? Who do you think helped you pay those bills? Come on now. You ain't all that in a bag of chips. Come on. You ain't greater than Jesus. Come on. He will shut you down in a second. Use your abilities. The very thing that he's giving to glorify God. I, I, I'm so blessed when I see some nurses that I know go on the mission field. And I said, don't, I, I, don't, char- don't charge me nothing. They go on the mission field. They, they create medical triages to, to treat um, different people in different villages and different towns and different countries, different hamlets, different places. They, they love on people. They minister to people. They use their very abilities that God has given them. I see teachers go and they teach in different countries, different nations. Sister, oh, didn't you teach in another nation? Amen. When you, when you in another nation, you did some teaching in another nation? Yeah. China, right? See, taught in China. Use your abilities. See, you don't know who you got in your midst here today, you see? <laughs> God is good. Using your abilities to serve God. I see Marolo up here leading worship. She's a nurse. She's like, I'm just going to do my little nurse thing over here. But yet God put song in her. He's put worship in her. So she's using her abilities to worship God has given you ability. Something you need to get active in the church. Get active and do something. Make a stand. Make, make a positive change. He's giving you the wisdom. He's giving you the ability to do it. The Bible says in Colossians 3.23, and I'm closing. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as though as you are working for the Lord and not for people. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Pastor? In other words, every job that you have right now, how many are you working? You have a job. Amen. Your boss is God. That's what that scripture just said. Your boss is God. Your, your, your human boss, is he, he's the underdog. Uh-huh. He's just a human representing. Now, he might have an attitude. She might have an attitude problem. She might, not have, she might not have the greatest people skills. She might not, her temperament, her personality might be off. You might feel you could do the job much better than they're doing. Come on, because we've all been in situations like that. You might feel like you're being taken advantage of that you're doing her job and his job, and they should be doing this because they didn't manage it. Why they got me doing it? They didn't pay me no money. And you, you, I, we could have a complaint list. That's the law. You can speak to her after service. <laughs> but we have to realize that every job we have, whether we love it or not, God is our boss. And so we have to come with the proper attitude, the proper conduct, the proper integrity, and represent God on that job. That's our, that, that, that is our command. So when you're late, you're not hiding from your boss, your human boss. God sees you. God don't bless mess. You think, oh, God don't pay attention. Yes, he does. If you're late every morning, God sees you. If you're trying to hide behind your boss, let me check in on this site so they won't know that I was late on that site. And I act like I've been here all the time. God sees it. God sees it. And you might not got doctor the natural, but you just got doctor the spirit. God said, okay, I see that. I see that. I see that. I got you. Uh-huh. You're going to wait a little while long. I have to work out that character defect in you. You think God will pay attention to those things? 
You know, those things don't matter, God. They matter to God. You always tardy, you can't get to places all the time, late for every appointment. God sees that stuff. That stuff that's matters of the heart, those are issues that we have to deal with. Whatever you do, work it with all your heart as though you was working for the Lord and not for people. That's Colossians 3.23. So you need to write it down, put it on your cell phone, post it on Facebook, tweet it, whatever you need to do. Keep a hold of it. It'll keep you on task. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's what the scripture says in Romans 12, 1, in the Message Bible. Your everyday, ordinary, sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God. God cares about it all, not just some things, everything. He is concerned about you. So make it your goal today to please him. Make it your goal to worship him. Make it your goal to give God your best. Don't shortchange God. Don't shortchange him. Even in our giving, it's worship. The church collect money. No, 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 no. The church can't live if we don't got no money. Quiet now. You think we say, Lord, pay the light bill. Jesus' name. And the light bill get paid. I wish it worked like that. God, I need a new car. And they go a Mercedes Benz. Oh, my God. God, pay this rent bill. Woo, it's paid. There it is. There. It don't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Come on now. It, it doesn't work like that. I wish it did. Because I'll be, I'll be out of debt right now. I mean, I mean it'll, be, it'll just be beautiful. Come on, so you wish... Pay them school bills, them loans off. Come on now. It's done. Lord, I need a husband. Hey, praise him. I, I, I wish it worked like that. It just doesn't work like that. God cares about every resource. I know I'm being funny, but God cares about every resource, even the very finances. You know, when we give to God, amen, we, the Bible says that he, he, he requires 10%, not 90 just 10%. Some of us struggle with the 10%. We requires 10% to be born into his storehouse. Amen. So the needs of the ministry can be met. Amen. Come on, the needs of the ministry. The people who come to the church say, Pastor, I can't pay my rent. And Wama said, Well, we don't have enough money. We can't help you pay your rent because we can't even pay the church's rent. We all have a part to play in God's house. That's a part of our reasonable act of worship. It's a part of our worship. It's a part of us, us giving back to God what he gave to us. Because he first loved us. Our worship is a response to God's love today. Do you receive that word today? God wants us to worship him. Father, we just come before you, Lord God, today, God. As we're standing before you in your presence, oh God, we worship you, Lord. We realize that we were planned for your pleasure. We are not here for ourselves. And if we have been taking that mindset of being selfish and focusing on ourselves, Lord, we become, we come before you with repentance today. Asking that you forgive us for taking the focus off of you and putting it onto ourselves. For you created everything, and it's for your pleasure that they existed and were created, oh God. But you're telling us to love the Lord God 
with all of our hearts, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength to worship you with everything, oh God. That's why we live. We live to worship you. We live to give you honor. We live to give you the glory. And so, Father, we submit ourselves to you today. As your sons and daughters, we come before you today, God. And we ask that you will refresh us with your precious Holy Spirit. That you would touch us, that you would take us deeper huh, in our faith, deeper in our walk. We know that there is more. There is more from you, oh God. We know that we have settled in certain areas, Lord God, and we don't want to settle anymore. There's a greater level of grace. There's a new expression of your mercy that we want to be partakers of, oh God. So we're not going to give up now. We're not going to quit now because we know that there is something in our hearts that causes us to push for more, desire more, fight for more. Oh God, crave for more, oh God. So we come before you, God, empty, looking to be filled up, broken, seeking to be healed, confused, looking for understanding. We come before you, needing your precious spirit, needing you to lead us and to guide us in this hour. But we can't do it by ourselves, but we need your anointing. So, God, as your people have their hands raised or hands raised across this building, stretch them as high as you can towards heaven. As your people have their hands stretched this morning, God, I'm asking you to meet their needs, God. I'm asking you to, to open up the doors of heaven and pour them out of blessing. I'm asking you, oh God, to answer their prayers, to do exceedingly abundantly above all they can ask or even thank, Lord God. So, Father God, we bless you. We praise you, Lord God. I'm asking you, oh God, to give them breakthroughs, Lord God. I'm asking you to give them turnaround miracles today, Lord God. I'm asking you to send provisions their way, oh God. And God, when you do it, they're not going to be stingy. They're not going to walk around acting like they did it because they didn't do it, oh God. They're going to know that God did it. God made a way. God answered my prayer. God did. I give him the glory. I give him the praise. As my sister came up here and testified about her healing, oh God, they'll come up here and testify about your goodness, about how you made a way out of no way for them today. So I'm asking you for all these things in the name of Jesus. And if you receive that, my brother, my sister, open up your mouth and give God praise right now. Come on, open up your mouth and give God praise right now. Open up your mouth and praise him. Open up my mouth and glorify him. Come on and bless his name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, God. We worship you, Lord. We bless your name, God. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. 